Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're reviewing 1980s Cruising, starring Al Pacino, directed by William Friedkin. Friedkin? Friedkin. I got that right? Uh-huh. We'll also discuss um, the kind of the evolution, the portrayal of homosexuality in film over the years. But first, as usual, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Well, I watched uh, a, another another movie from uh, from across the pond. It was a it was a German movie directed by Michael Haneke from 1997 called Funny Games. Funny Games. Yeah, it's a a really unsettling movie. Um, about they, I, I think there was an American remake at some point. I, I believe I've heard of this film, and that's yeah. probably why. Probably the remake, right? And I think they had the same poster. They just recycled the same poster. Okay. I don't know about the American remake if it's any good. I'm not. I'm not I haven't seen it, but uh, the 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 German version or the Austrian version to be specific is um, wow. It's it's. It, it, it'll really tear you up. I mean, it's really, yeah. Is, it's, it, is it sad or is it disturbing? It's disturbing. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Michael Haneke, he, he, he directed Amour a few years ago. It yes. was like, you know, up for best pick up for best foreign film and stuff. I didn't see it, but yes, I know exactly mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Right. Um, and he, he just, he's a relentless filmmaker that, 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 you know, will always like try to test you and kind of like put you, you know, to, show you things and, and, you know, make you go through things that maybe you don't want to. Or, and like, you know, how, how, how long are you going to stay with me on this? You yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, and it, it's, it, the movie is about a, like a, a family who's like really uh, well to do. And they, they go to their lake house and they get terrorized by these two, you know, psychopaths who just, they're, they're not, it's not like uh, the strangers or anything, uh-huh, you know, they're not yeah. wearing, you know, sack masks <laughs> right. or whatever. <laughs> they actually are like in tennis clothes and they look like kind of, you know, uh, uh, sort of like 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 almost Yaley's or whatever. Yeah, and they're just you know the one guy is just out of his head, a, a sadistic bastard, and and it's and like he just keeps pushing it further. And there's like fourth wall breaking at, at some points and huh. the alternate uh, you know line alter you know nonlinear stuff. It's 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 a great great movie, and you should check it out. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. What I've been watching, I took it upon myself to do a little further research on the thing. Oh, last episode we talked about how it's from the novel, well, novella from yeah. John W. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that short story. Okay, it's similar, but it's a little, little bit different. Okay, you know, it's it's hard to read actually because it's written in the '30s. Oh yeah, and just the way it's written, it and it moves, it seems to jump kind of around. Okay, and not carry you along very well. Uh, but besides that, I also watched the 2011 version. Oh. I went thing crazy this week, <laughs> right. you know, and the 2011 one, like you had predicted, it is a, a pseudo prequel. Oh, it shows what happens at the Norwegian base. Wow, and it was pretty good actually. Okay, uh, the the CGI is the downfall of this film. Ah, it is not very good. Okay. It's laughable at times. Oh, I literally LOL'd oh, because you LOL? it was that bad. Wow. Uh, you see, you know, the first thing they find that has the two faces fused in the 82 version? Yes. You see how that creature's created, which is actually kind of neat. Okay. One guy turns into a thing and, like, crawls on top of another guy and, like, touches his body to him and fuses to him like that. Wow. It's pretty cool, but... Okay. The CG, eh, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would recommend it if you are a thingophile. Okay. But it, it's not the greatest uh, film ever. So, well, I mean, what you mentioned about CG, I mean, I 
like like even even back in the day when maybe stuff didn't maybe stuff looked a little artificial on screen like like maybe it hasn't aged yeah. quite so well as the thing has um e- even still it, i i feel like actors are going to do a better job when they're when they're reacting to something that's yeah. in the room um, because I mean, like those people who are in this this remake are just you know they're they're like looking at a tennis ball and trying yeah. to to be terrified and and it's... now they did they did a big mix though they did a lot of practical stuff oh, okay. but added a lot of digital stuff on it ah, to make right. it do things that you know a practical okay. prop can't do okay and it it just looks kind of hokey yeah so it yeah. didn't really work very well right but uh, it's pretty good there's a lot of little things you can catch like the guy who slits his throat in the Norwegian camp you see the guy do that and he's in the chair. Okay. You see the axe that's in the wall that they find. Like the axe oh, is there. Okay, you see yeah. how that happens. Yeah, like you sweet. see all these little cool things. All right. It's not bad. Okay. Not for everybody, but not bad. Yeah. Way better than I thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Nice. <laughs> now let's move into our topic here. Um, it's a little different than the thing. It's the portrayal <laughs> of homosexuality in film. Yes. Now the movie today we're doing uh, is heavily engrossed in homosexuality so uh-huh. that's why we chose this topic today right. dave you said you write a couple books on this yes you probably know mm-hmm. a little more than i do why don't you kick us off okay well um like the the portrayal of homosexuality in movies goes back to the first time movies were viewed late 1800s exactly there they were uh one of Th- thomas edison's first movies was um uh of just two guys dancing a waltz Yes. Um, and so the sound experiment. Exactly. Yeah. Just an experiment with motion. That's what um, it's called, I think. The, the yeah, sound experiment. Exactly. And his his the subtitle of it was the Gay Brothers. Right. Right. Um, and you know uh, he didn't think anything of it. He just had two of his lab guys, you know, like like dancing together just to see if he could capture it on film. They're just being goofy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it it evolved into like when in the silent era uh, with um, like. What what they what they the silent era and then into the first talkies which was uh, known as kind of the sissy period, um, yeah. in which like these guys like the these actors who were like always playing the quote sissy character. Uh, there was Franklin Pangborn and Eric Belore, um, and a couple of other guys who just were always in that they, they were always like Fred Astaire's assistant or they were you know and right. they were like like telling him oh you don't want to go in there or whatever or you don't want to do this you don't want to meet her and they would that and. It was it was it was offensive in that like they're they're being portrayed as as very stereotypical gay, yeah. but I guess the, the the positive part of it is that they were that they weren't oppressed like they were just kind of part of the family. They in weren't the film. being portrayed in a negative light. Really. Not really. It's I mean, just a stereotype. Exactly. They were just stereotypically homosexual, and everybody kind of liked them, and they were charming and witty. And then it took a darker turn after World War II. Right. The gay characters became, um, it just became code for villain. Pretty much. You know, it was always, and it extended all the way through until almost the present day. Right. Uh, where, where a gay character either either was a villain or some kind of martyred hero. Um, they, 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 were, they were always like being, uh, they, they would always have to die in the yeah, end. Yeah, there was something wrong with them. Exactly. You know, yeah. Like diseased or yes. evil. Yes. Yeah. And that had to do, I wrote it down here when I did my research. It's the Hollywood Production Code, which predated the MPAA. Yes. They allowed you to show homosexuality, but only in a perverse nature. Yes. Like, like a depraved nature. Right. Like you, it right. had to be negatively portrayed in the film. And yet also, like, like if... Some some filmmakers were clever about it, and they would get gay characters into a story. Like pat, they would get them past the censors. Mm-hmm. Um, Hitchcock did it a lot. 
Yeah. Rope. Rope. Exactly. Yeah. Rope is one of my favorite movies, <laughs> and those guys are are totally gay. Uh, and and no and you know the but the the censors they 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 weren't they weren't too smart. Yeah. They weren't too swift. So they didn't they didn't even get it. It was a lot know? of subtext. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just just Philip and Brandon are clearly lovers, and they have been for a long time. And <laughs> anybody who's like you know who's alive can see that. But but these guys could these you know these censors back then they couldn't see it. So. Man, they hated Hitchcock. I'm sure. Oh, they did God. exactly. Yeah, they th- they thought he was a, you know thought he was a prick. They go, didn't like go his back movies. Over exactly. Those, Get back to England. <laughs> right. Yeah, and like you said, it, it kept going and going. Like, yeah. And we've mentioned it before on the show, like in the '80s. Like I know, it's just rampant slurs. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Everywhere. Yep. There's a part like you mentioned, like like whenever you see that now in a movie that you loved from back then, it's almost like you want to disinherit that movie. Right. Um. Like. I, I was I was watching Teen Wolf and Styles set calls calls uh, Scott. He says, "You're not going to tell me you're up." And he says, yeah, "Fag, you yeah. know, you're not going to tell me that, are you?" Because uh, I can think I can take it. And I was like, "They're just saying." And then and then Scott's wow. just like, "Yeah, no, I'm not a fat, you know." I, I, and I was like, "Oh, they're just casually throwing the 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 the, the hard f around, you I know." In trouble like, for that. I, I was a huge <laughs> Bill and Ted fan, you know. And oh, there's God, a scene in the yeah. second one when yeah. they throw oh. the, the robots throw yeah. them off the cliff and they just yeah, yeah. yelling at them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, we used to do a thing. Or in the first one, they hug and then yep. they say, they, to "Yeah, each they do other. it in the first one too." Uh, so we were big on that, and we were in Texas and hanging out with some people across the street. And, oh shit. Uh, the, the guy, the the brother that lived there, he was a gay dude. And okay. He was cool as hell. Like, we loved him. Yeah. But uh, we were just so used to doing this, like, while we're hanging out. Okay. You know, so we hugged each other and then said it. Oh. And everybody's like, whoa. Oh, oh man. And we're like, no, we're just joking around. I think that moment made me realize that uh, there's other people in the world. You, you have you have to, exactly. Everybody has to learn that lesson, you know. Right. And hopefully you learn it at an earlier age, you know. And it's, I was 18. You know, so. Well, okay, that, that's that's young enough, I guess. Yeah. That's about the same age as Styles was. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you got you got Styles. your... Styles. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But but yeah, um, like there's a couple of really like you, I mentioned. I, there's a couple books that I can recommend. Uh, one is the absolute best book on the subject. It was actually written in 1981, and there was another edition that came out in '87, which is the one I have. It was like an addendum to it. It's called The Celluloid Closet by Vito Russo. Um, he passed away unfortunately, like three years later. Three years later, um, and they had always wanted to make a movie of it, and. They finally did after he passed away, and the movie is also great. Um, okay. It's and it's also one of the best DVDs you can ever buy because it's got uh it's 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 a really good movie, but it's also got two commentary tracks. One is the filmmakers themselves, and the other commentary track doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It's a lecture that Vito gave like six months before he died. Wow. And you know, like, and that's what Vito Russo did. In addition to writing this book, he um he 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 like gave all these like talks at the, at the Roxy and other places in San Francisco, uh, where he would just show up with film cans, uh, of like that he'd pirated from, from the New York public library. And he would just show clips and like talk about them. And he would like go for hours just talking about, you know, like, cause he was, he just really loved the movies. Um, and the other one is uh, called the lavender screen by Bose Hadley. And uh, that's another one. Another that book. Is, yes, another book. Okay. Um, those two books. Like, if you want to, if you just want to know about the subject, th- about this particular subject, you know, that's those are the two to get. Yeah, there you go. Yep. And as now you can tell, it's a lot more uh, accepted in our Absolutely. society nowadays. Yes. Yes. Uh, Thankfully, the '90s had a ton of uh, 
I wouldn't say they were great portrayals of homosexuality, right. but they started to ease up on it. Exactly. They, they were no longer always the villain. Right. Um, and they didn't always have to die in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there, you know, a lot of people, like, kind of wanted them to get past, because the 90s had a lot of the gay friend. Yeah. Um, who was kind of, like, still acting very very stereotypically. And they usually didn't have much of a sex life. You know, like, yeah. they, they weren't allowed to be kind of shown having romances. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of people didn't quite like that. They didn't really like that either, the, the portrayal of that. But it was still better than what it was in the 70s, where right. they were always, you know, like the villain. So. Right. And then in two, the 2000s, it really took hold. Like, yes. Brokeback Mountain came out. Yes. And a huge success. Yes. And it actually showed two gay men just in love. You in, know? A, in a mainstream yeah. movie. Right. Um, because in the 90s, you had the new queer cinema movement in, yeah. in indies. And that had a lot of like, that was very, you know, groundbreaking, pioneering stuff. But Brokeback Mountain, I mean, like you said, that, that that's in 2005. And it's two big, handsome movie stars in love in a movie. Yeah. Unheard of. And a lot of people shit their pants, you know, whatever, watching it. Okay, you know what? Then don't watch it. And, and don't say anything about it because it's not for you. Yeah. Or, or try to learn something from it and, and you know, like, uh, honestly, take a look at yourself. You right. Because if you got a problem with this, you know, I, I'm sorry. It's, the problem's on you. So, yep. you know, yeah. Yep. That's as political as so, we'll get on yeah, this show well, probably. We try but, to keep know, our politics right? on the side, but we're doing it. Basically, an entirely gay episode. Exactly, you know? so right. We're going to be talking about it. That's and right. Our views are going to come out a little bit. <laughs> yes. So, with that, let's just take a break mm-hmm. and we'll come back and we'll do a, uh, not even a review, a discussion on cruising. Excellent. Welcome back to Dudes on Movies. It is time for our discussion on 1980s Cruising, starring Al Pacino, directed by William Friedkin. Mm -hmm. Dave, why don't you give a synopsis to everyone who's never seen this film? Sure. So, um, there's a serial killer on the loose in New York City, uh, and it's the summertime, it's hot, everybody's, you know, on edge, and... um, they the the police determine that the killer is going after young gay men in the S and M scene, and they want to send in this cop undercover who like looks like the victims to attract and ferret yeah. out the killer. And uh, this guy's never worked undercover before, and that's the Al Pacino's character, the cop. He looks like he's just working the beat now, yep. trying to get detective. He's just, you just know, a trooper, just like exactly. Yep, trying to get his gold shield. Mm-hmm. And um, Paul Sorvino is his boss. He's the guy who sends him Welcome in. Back, Welcome back. Welcome back, Paul Sorvino. <laughs> in a far better role. In a good movie for once, <laughs> um, and a great performance too. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, and and that's, that, that's, that's kind of like the, the, the bare bones synopsis of the movie is Al Pacino, um, in, in the, the heavy leather S and M scene in the late seventies, New York. 
Yep. And uh, like trying to catch a killer. Now, what this movie actually is is about is a you know there, there there's all kinds of themes running around. And that's what we're going to get into. Yeah, definitely. One thing about this film is it. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. Okay. And I don't think it's just because it's homosexual uh-huh. stuff in it. Right. I think it's just because it's this scary underground sex stuff happening. It's, it could be a heterosexual scene, and I might be a little freaked out, too. It's a dangerous environment, yeah, you mean? Yeah. It seems like uh, a very dangerous place to be. It's um a room full of, a room full of tough guys. Yeah. Uh, who who play rough and like you could either get in a sexual encounter that is really enjoyable or you might get in a, in a really, you know, bad scrape. Yeah. Um, one of, one of two things, your night is going to end one of two ways, you (laughs) know, it's going to be good or bad. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I mean like the, and that, that like I didn't, when I first saw this movie, I was not at all familiar with that, with that arena. Right. I, I didn't know it ever existed. So my mind was just like, what you know, the heck is going oh on? my God, yeah. what is this? You know, yeah. um, all the, you know, when, when that, that, that kind of establishing, it's not the, it's not the first shot of the movie. Um, the, it, but it's when, when the killer first goes into that, that first club Yeah. yeah. and it's about maybe five to 10 minutes of just footage of all these guys having a good time, yeah. whooping it up. Um, some are only clad in jock straps. Um, or less, uh, some, you know, and they're all like wearing kind of chains and leather and everything. It's, it looks really hot in there. It's very sweaty. It's everybody's really sweaty. It looks like it smells bad. It's probably, I mean, it's a bunch of guys. So, you know, it's like a locker room. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It smells like it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's among anything else that might be going on. Sure. Which, which you name it, it is. And, um, and yeah, like I, I I know what you mean about like feeling kind of uh, a little uncomfortable with like just, you know, going in there and, and it's, it's a violent place too. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and you're talking about this these opening shots or this, yeah. these establishing shots. The right. camera's like very slowly kind of panning through Correct. and around the club Correct. and showing you all the stuff going on. And when I was watching it, it reminded me of like the beginning of Carrie and it's going through the locker room. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you're right. The camera's you're right. going through this locker room right. and it's I don't know about you, but that scene mm-hmm. is very unsettling. Oh yeah. It, it's just going through the locker room and you're seeing naked women yeah. in the shower and right. it ends with, you know, sissy space like getting her period or whatever. There's blood and then, there's right? There's blood yeah. and mm-hmm. it's a freak out. Like, right. It it was very reminiscent of Carrie. Okay. Which I guess works, because that's kind of they're trying to set up this it's a dangerous scene. Yeah. You know, there's danger here. Right. And Friedkin and De Palma come from kind of the same school. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And there's there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this in this first scene. Um, and, and one of them is, well, I get, I'm going to try to get to later, which is like my only real big criticism of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this club and in other clubs that we see, it's mostly the same club. Um, yeah, just about. But with um, about maybe, I, I would say about maybe 150 guys, you know, all just crammed into this place, just dancing. And the one thing that I want to get to early is how like this movie is really a historical relic in some ways. Yeah. Because what we're seeing doesn't exist any longer. Uh, it is that yes. that is like, and, and I'm sure that even if it does exist, it's, it's even further underground than it was because it just, it just can't go on anymore. 
um, just because of uh, something that came in a couple years later, which was the AIDS virus right. when it hit New York City in 1981. This this film was shot in 1979. All those guys we see were real club goers who William Friedkin just said, hey, you want to be in this movie? Yep. And then just do whatever you normally would do, and we're going to film it. And I, I don't think it's it, it's it's out of the realm. I don't think it's it's probably a good estimate to say that at least 75% of those guys are dead. It, it could be true. I mean, you know, he's just devastated. Exactly. You know, everyone. Right. And, right. Uh, yeah. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And that's how it got around. Exactly. So, it did. That's right. That is sad to think about that. Totally. I mean, like all these just, I mean, well, yeah, it, it's, it's, I, I, you watch it now and it's, it's just this weird eerie Paul that's hanging over everything, yep. knowing that the, the, like most of the guys you're wa- looking at right now aren't around anymore. Really yeah. sad. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you said that this is really a relic of a film, and I you could say, you know, this film's just as known for its controversy yeah. as it is its content, you De- know, definitely. As, it, as its story. Definitely. There was a big backlash against the filming of this movie. Yep. People were going to the filmings, mm-hmm. throwing stuff, making loud sounds so they couldn't film. Exactly. Because they thought it would thought it was uh portraying the gay population negatively and they they had their reasons for for doing their protests of course like i mean it's it's 1979 and you know in in the public eye gay people don't have you know like they're 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 persecuted they're, they're persecuted every turn yep. uh you know the Christian groups want to want to take them down and like they they're they're saying you know now you're going to show everybody in america th- this one speck of gay culture yeah, this is a very very small subculture <laughs> it is of yes. gay culture it is um so much so that they had to put a disclaimer at the front of the movie um just before the opening shot even comes saying you know uh that this uh you know that this film depicts a gay s&m subculture right. and is not representative of the mainstream gay life or whatever and uh you know like a lot of a lot of gay writers and critics, you know, felt that that was a tacit admission of William Friedkin and the other filmmakers, you know, own uh, homophobia. Ah. Um, and it was like an like Vito Russo himself called it an admission of guilt. What director would make such a statement if he truly believed that this film would not be taken to be representative of the whole? Um, Vito did not like cruising. Okay. Um, and I, 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 I disagree with him on this. Vito is one of my heroes and, and he and I are differ on this film, but you okay. know, I don't have his experience, you know, so well, <laughs> I didn't grow up. He's not a dude. He's not exactly right. He's not one of the dudes on movies. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Vito, he didn't make the cut. Uh, but you know, it's like next ex- season. Exactly. Next season. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, th- th- I think it's telling also that Al Pacino won't talk about this movie. Um, because of just, he had such a horrible, rotten experience making it. Um, th- those protests really affected him. I mean, I watched his inside the actor studio when it, you know, a few years ago when it came out and I was all excited cause I was going to see Al Pacino talk about cruising mm-hmm. and they never mentioned it and they were going year by year pretty much, you know, yeah. uh, and it just, they how went right over top bring of this it. up just that because I, of how it's affected society. And I, stuff. I, I know. I, I would think that you would want to clear the air. It's he, been 30 something years. Out, maybe. I don't know. Exactly. Right. He wouldn't talk about, he wouldn't talk about cruising. You don't want to lose your Pacino interview. You know, <sighs> I guess not. I guess <laughs> if I had Al Pacino at my, in my show, yeah, I probably wouldn't. No, dude, you you're, know. you're talking to him about cruising. If you had him on your show, <laughs> show you, you know, it. I, so, Pacino, when you're on the show next, we're going to talk about cruising. We have a very special when you guest. you call in. Al Pacino will be on today. He's going to talk about cruising at last. Uh, a Dudes on Movies exclusive. What a get. <laughs> right? What a get, man. It's a party-sized episode of Dudes on Movies. <laughs> Definitely. You know? We'll break out the leather and chains. 
So another thing that about this movie, um, Pacino's character, Steve Burns, mm-hmm. goes undercover, as we said, and he he's a straight guy with a girlfriend, Karen Allen. Yep. Who's really good in this film. Yeah, she's way. awesome. She's I know. He goes undercover. He, he You can tell he doesn't really know a lot about gay lifestyle and right. things like that. Right. So when he gets in there, he's kind of a fish out of water. Yeah. And slowly he's kind of learning his way, mm-hmm. learning the ropes. Right. And he kind of struggles with it. Struggles. He's how? afraid he's going to turn gay. Yeah, he is wrestling with that a little bit. Yep. Because mm-hmm. there's scenes where he will, he'll go and make love with Karen Allen. Yeah. He can't talk about it, by the way, because he's undercover. Right. So he can't tell her exactly. what's going on. Exactly. He can't on. tell anybody what's going on. Can't right. tell anybody. So mm-hmm. it's just him. Yep. So it's really eating him inside. He can't talk about right. it with anyone. Right. Only the cops know about his mission. So Only he, Paul yeah. Sorvino knows about it. Well, I guess there's a couple. Yeah, undercover. a couple. Like Blasio and yeah, Jurgensen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's going over there and he's having rough sex with her. Be more manly, I guess. Yeah. Trying to be manly. Right, right. And then eventually loses interest in having sex. Yeah. I don't know if it's he's just lost interest in sex altogether. Right. Or sex with her. Right. Or what. Mm-hmm. And he, he says the line, um, it's affecting me. It's something, this is getting to me. It's, right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what he says. Right. Don't and, let me lose you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and you know, you think about if you were in that situation, I mean, you know, like even if you didn't have any, like, like maybe latent homosexual tendencies that are now being explored, um, if, if like, let's say it completely turned you off, like you had no interest in sex with men at all, but you had to have sex with men for your job. Um, and now you're, you're trying to make love to your, to your lady (laughs) and, and it's all that's in your head is, uh, you know, what you've been experiencing for the last probably month or so. Yeah. Now. Do you think he does actually have sex with any men in the film? The character does. I believe he does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They don't I ever do. explicitly show him doing right. that. There's some scenes where it's kind of you know like a yeah. he's tied up. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the guy. They think they're he's right. the killer and right. The cops bust in the room and he's tied up. I right. Mean, Pacino's naked. Pacino's nude on the bed. Like, <laughs> exactly. By the way, <laughs> we finally get some ass cheeks in a movie again. <laughs> We had like three in a row. We were and in then, a come on. We uh, were in a lull. There. A long drought. We've of, got enough you know, to last through next year. Exactly. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Male ass is back on dudes on movies. <laughs> it's a staple. That's right. <laughs> but that that's as close as they ever really show anything happening. So I don't I don't know if he does. I feel like there there's one scene where where he's there, there's the montage of him kind of of like when you said how he's trying to like kind of get get his bearings about him and he's trying yeah. to figure things out um there's a montage of him working out with some barbells yeah. um like trying to get him and, and that was good that was cool I like that. you know he's like yeah you know <laughs> and he's putting on mascara to like bring out his eyes a little bit uh-huh. um and then and then he like he's standing in the club and the guys are dancing around him and then he just kind of like like leans up against the wall and some shirtless guy comes over and starts kind of caressing him a little bit. Yeah. And he's just like looking at him kind of seductively almost. Mm-hmm. But um so I I to me that 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 says oh he probably had something with this guy. Okay, you know? maybe he did. So, yeah. And then if there's the really famous scene which is what everybody's favorite is when uh, the 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 one dude walks up to him and says, "Hey baby, what's happening?" Yeah. And they uh they have the 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 I guess it's probably the rag is soaked with some kind of uh like uh, I don't know what I don't know what some I was 70s drug. Ask you about yeah. that. They <laughs> you have know? these bandanas yeah. soaked with formaldehyde yeah. exactly. or something. I, I don't know, know what it is. <laughs> and you know, and there's this great and Al Pacino, he's that little dancing. dancing and yeah. dancing. Oh man. Like that scene is very good. Like everyone <laughs> Like everyone notices him. Yeah, in yeah, he's like in the middle with, of the throng. Yeah. Right, right. Yep, he's like he is part of it. People uh-huh. then know him. Yeah, I think it, it's symbolic of him becoming 
part of the scene. I mean, I, that's how I take it too. Yeah. Like, like that, that's when he's, he's not really an outsider. Anymore. No, and he's kind of started to embrace him. He, he's like, he even kind of like is smiling at one point, like mm-hmm. just kind of like he's really into this and he's dancing with that dude and he's like, hey, this is all right, yeah. you know. <laughs> yep. So, one scene I really liked is well, there's the bandanas they explain the different yeah. colored oh. bandanas that you wear in your pocket. <laughs> He ends up buying a yellow one, which means I think it has to do with urine. Getting pissed on, right? Yeah, so whichever pocket you have it in, left or right, is you like to pee on other people, yeah. and the other ones you like to get peed on. Right, so right. He, I think he has it in the peed on pocket. He does. And he's, I, guess, I don't know why he's doing this. He's yeah. trying to draw someone out. What? That's not the killer's MO, apparently. No, I don't know, but no. he does that. And... <laughs> A guy comes up, and I don't know exactly what he says to him. I do. But then, what does he say? <laughs> he, says, I, he says, are you into water sports? Yeah. <laughs> are you into water sports? And then Pacino says, I like to watch. Yep. And the guy gets pissed yep. off. Yep. He says, take that fucking thing out of your pocket, you asshole. <laughs> exactly. Take that fucking hanky out of your pocket, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that dude is just credited as water sport. Uh, no way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that poor bastard. <laughs> They should have a uh, him in 3D. Should do yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> and Dookie from No Holds Barred. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ooh, that'd be an adventure. Yeah, it would. right there. And by the way, also the, uh, the 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 hanky salesman, the guy who explains all the hankies to him, yeah. that was Powers Booth from Deadwood. Powers Booth. Yes. No way. Yes, that was Young Powers Booth. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And this movie is filled with those guys, like like a bunch of famous actors who were just getting their start. Ed O'Neill plays one of the cops. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, James Remar is Gregory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's Dexter's dad in his underwear um, fighting Al Pacino in, yeah. in the hallway. It's so good. And he's and he's really good in that scene, by the way. <laughs> um and uh, the other one uh, that I, th- there was one that, that, that like kind of escaped. Oh, uh, Bo- the, the dad from Boy Meets World is the killer's friend. That is him. Yeah. I was looking yeah. at him saying, who the hell yep. is this guy? Exactly. I, this guy. Yep. I even wrote down this cast, man. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The, everyone in here is like a little morsel of like I know. film and television. <laughs> exactly. You know? right. It's like uh, they were the kernel of popcorn sure. before they popped. Ex- you know? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> And and the one dude Don Scardino he plays Al Pacino's neighbor uh, Ted, um, he, Teddy. he Teddy right, <laughs> uh, he, James Remar's boyfriend. Um, he, he's the only one who uh, he's one of the only actors that Vito Russo could get to talk to him for the celluloid closet. Really? Yeah. Now um, is he a, uh, an actual gay man? Uh, he is not. Okay. No, he's just a playwright and actor who lives in New York, and he he just was like him. Um, Christopher Reeve and Harvey Firestein were the only people who who, who would talk to him for the book. The well, he got one actors. gay guy at least. He sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, right. Teddy, I thought was a great character. I like very Teddy a lot. interesting. Yeah. He mm-hmm. kind of took. I don't know if you can say he took Pacino under his wing, yeah. really, but mm-hmm. he kind of just meets him the first day, he moves in yep. and undercover, and kind of right. becomes friends with him. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. He doesn't teach him how to be gay. He does Because right. he can't say, oh, you're not gay, I'll teach you. Right. That's not going to work. And he just assumes Al Pacino is gay because yeah. of where they're, they're, in the, they're living in Greenwich Village in the 70s, and they're like, okay, well, everybody's gay, mm-hmm. you know? And he's, he's kind of a normal guy who's, like, apart from all the club scene. Right. It's kind of this, like... He's not into that. Exactly. He's just kind of living his life. And he's he's a, a respite from what Al Pacino encounters in the S and M culture is just this normal dude who lives down the who lives down the hall. Yeah, yeah, but that could be a big reason why he 
kind of clings on to him and yes. hangs out with him a right. lot. Right, exactly. Now, there's yeah. this scene I didn't really quite understand. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, he goes to see Teddy like, yeah. before he goes out, I guess, yeah. mm-hmm. for dinner. Right. And uh, Teddy's not there, but James Remar is there. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, answers the door in his undies, like uh-huh. you said. And uh, James Remar is giving him all this shit. Yeah. Like, well, Teddy's none of your business, yep. you know? Yep. Like, he's my man. Yes. Uh, and yes. then Pacino gets, like, offended by it and wants to fight him and almost breaks the door down. Right. And what is this about? I take that as um, he, it, it's maybe not that he wants to, that he wants Ted for himself. I, I think it's that he's so put out by this guy. Like, he, he likes Ted as a person. Yeah. And he thinks that James Remar is just, like, treating him badly. You know, well, you you get a sense of that, right? You know, and and also like James Remar is being very personally insulting to him. Yeah, um, he even says something about like you know, uh, oh well, Ted can't have too many entanglements. We we found that we we figured that out. But the last piece of trash who moved down the hall took your room. Yep, I think it must be something about that room. Yep. Do you suppose? <laughs> you know, he's really he giving really it to gives him. it to him. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's when Al like Al's walking away, and then after he says that, he's like, "You fucking bastard!" And he gets, starts walking toward him. And James Remar has this great thing. He, he sleep before he slams the door in his face. He goes, "Pussy!" And he slams <laughs> <Yeah>. the door. <laughs> He's a yep. real tough guy, yep. you know. Yep. <laughs> I love it. And Pacino starts bashing oh, th- the door. That's when he, he really moves the temper. Bashes it right. off the hinges. Yeah. Oh you yeah. See yeah. the door like budge because it's literally yeah. Because he, I mean, it's Al Pacino. He he's a great physical actor back then, you know. Yep. And yeah, he probably is. That's not a prop door. He's really no, like no, no, you no. know. He he really oh my god! That. I want him to kick this guy's ass. You know, and he goes in there, and he's gonna fuck him up. Oh yeah, you know, right. And Remar gets a knife or whatever. Exactly. Luckily, yes. Pacino was gonna. Pacino bust was this gonna. Guy up good, exactly, man. he was gonna curb him right there. Oh right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, that makes a little more sense now. Right. Um, thank you for the explanation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> now the. The guy they're after basically lures guys, the same kind of looking person. Yes. This is the killer. We haven't even talked about the murder or right. cop part of this movie. Right. It's, it's really, I don't want to say it's secondary, but it, right. it's the driving thing mm-hmm. in the film. Yeah. It's why you're there. Yeah. Uh, and it's some guy they don't know who he is, and Pacino's trying to lure him out mm-hmm. because Pacino looks just like the people he's killed. Mm-hmm. We finally catch up to him, and Pacino thinks he figured it out, right? Yeah. Uh, is it Stewie? Yep, is that Stewart. The guy? Yep, Stewart. Mm-hmm. Stewart from St. Louis. Yeah, he's from St. Louis, man. <laughs> I, I wrote down that address on the oh, letters, and I'm gonna look it up. Nice. See where it is. <laughs> but uh, Pacino trails him down and stuff, and there's uh-huh. a scene where he's just you know following him, mm-hmm. and he's watching him in his apartment. Yeah. It seems like this scene happened about six times in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <I was> like. <laughs> This is one of the wor- this is one of the worst things about this movie. If you ask me, this like, like he's trailing them for like thirteen minutes. It oh seems yeah, it like. goes and on it's for the while. same exact sequences over and over. Right. Yeah, they could have. Cu- I laughed because I couldn't believe they showed me the same exact scene where he's looking from the the park. Yep. into the window. Yep. It, it's a different cut. Right. But he's got the same clothes on. Yeah. As- oh God, it was. He enters the apartment at one point, yeah. Like after Stuart leaves, um, and he like rifles through his shit, and that's how he like kind of confirms, okay, this guy's the one, because he sees the leather gear, 
in the closet, you know, because that like, makes you a killer. Exactly. That, that, <laughs> right. That's it's right there, you know. <laughs> and he like they they had like, and this guy was a suspect because Paul Servino had had some had some like lead on it, and he he gave him a um, like he said, okay, well we think he might be a student at Columbia, so like yeah. you need to go through the yearbook at Columbia and see if you recognize any of these guys from the club. And he's going through, and the guy Richard Cox is the actor. He's Pacino's just going through like page after page of just look looking at pictures, and he sees the one dude. And he connects it somehow, like this, this just school picture of this guy. And he's able to like, you know, kind of, oh, he's that one guy who looked at me that one right. time in the club. You know, I, yeah. I, maybe if he was that good looking and that memorable, <laughs> I could see it. But, you know, I, it's, no, he, it's, wasn't. he wasn't any better looking than anybody else. So, you know, <laughs> right. it doesn't. Oh, yeah, it's it's kind of bad. But yeah, it's kind of like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah. whatever. Sure. It's figured, a movie. Kind of figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this guy. What what I saw in this is he's killing people that actually look like him. Yes, and it's all due because he has father issues. His dad disapproves of him. Right. Like we mentioned, the letters in his closet to yeah. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. He's writing letters to his dad. Well, we find out his dad's been dead for ten years. Right. And he keeps writing letters. Right. To his dad and doesn't right. mail them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got problems. He does. And whenever he's killing, uh, they show a handful of his murders. Which yeah. Are pretty gruesome yeah especially that first one. Oh yeah oh, the, in the God, back i, I know i know when he's tied up that's Ooh, really that's bad, bad. I know. but um he always says things like you made me do this you made me do this yeah now look what you made me do and the the voice he uses when he kills is the same voice his father has oh is it I did yeah not notice that. he's uh because like richard cox's voice is like you know he's when he's just talking to boy meets world's dad mm-hmm. um you know it's it's like total and then when he, whenever he and and i'm i'm glad you, <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i wish i knew that actor's name <laughs> that's all right <laughs> yeah. i love my little inside things here right. it's great <laughs> it kind of leads me to like my one problem with the movie is and it's 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 a weird criticism because i'm almost like you know, admiring of it too. Uh-huh. Um, the the plot and the message of this movie is almost too complicated to like have have gotten it on the first viewing. In fact, I I know it is. I was going to tell you that. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the the message of the movie is that there is a dangerous killer on the loose at all times and we can't escape that. Okay. So no matter what world you're in. So that's kind of what happens in the, the last scene there. Yes. In Teddy's apartment. Exactly. Yeah. And that's even on top of the stuff that I'm going to get into okay. here, which is that the first killer, the, the first time we see the killer, he's walking into the club and we see him from the back. Yeah. Like he's walking, he's got his leather on, he's going to go into this club. And when we see him from the front, he's all in shadow. Um, so you just like see his mouth and you hear his voice. Yeah. And he's played by Larry Atlas in these scenes. Okay. Um, and he has the voice, uh, he's voiced by James Sartorius, who is the, the voice of, of Stuart's father and also the killer. Um, the, the guy he murders is the actor Arnaldo Santana. Um, now, the second time we see the killer, he's now played by Richard Cox. And Larry Atlas, the guy who was the killer in the first scene, is playing the victim. He, remember, like, he's, he's in the park and he's like going up the ramble. There's all okay. those dudes. This makes a lot of sense. Exactly. I've no like these little things kind of mm-hmm. stood out. Yes. Wow. Okay. And Larry Atlas is now using his real voice because he's like the guy who's cruising the killer, and he's like, "Hey, you want to go over into the bushes there and you know do yeah. something?" And um, and then the next time we see the killer, which is in the Peep Show, uh, where like the the guy who the the dressmaker who's like um going into the to the uh to the nudie booth to like you know hang yeah. out. Um, the killer is played by Arnaldo Santana, the the guy who got killed, killed the in first the first time. scene. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I mean, like, Honestly, if you haven't seen the movie 20 times, you would never get this. This makes so much sense because I caught these little things. I was like, that's not the killer. Why, yeah. why, did that, why is he the killer? Because right. it doesn't... It doesn't really look like the guy I remember from the first one. Exactly, he's wearing he's wearing like like and I was like okay maybe leather it's gear. Something I missed. I right, don't know. exactly. Yeah, how is he like <laughs> has a completely different build? I mean, he, he you only see it like you never see the guy's face, but it's always like like yeah, it, it's he's either got like he's got weird curly hair. Now he's got kind of short uh, cropped hair. Now he's got you know like Richard Cox longish hair. Um, something's off. And, and they look they all look just alike. Yep. To, yep. to fool you. Exactly. That's pretty crazy. I know. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Bravo. Yes. <laughs> Holy crap. Good show. Now, I, I had, you know, like, th- this was from years of research, and I was actually inaccurate for a while because I thought that Richard Cox um, was the killer in the peep show, but it turned out it was Arnaldo, Arnaldo Santana, and, and, I, and it was confirmed for me by William Friedkin himself on the okay. commentary track. Okay, so. so you kind of pieced it together yourself, yes. and it was confirmed. You're quite the sleuth there, Thank Dave. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes. Right. You should be an undercover detective. <laughs> I, I, it would take me a long time to solve cases, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but I'd get it. You know, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you just need to watch the DVD enough, exactly. and you'll get it, man. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Um that's all I really had to really get into with it. Like mm-hmm. do you have anything else you want to cover here? Um yeah. I'm the, sure you could talk about it for days and I, days. I could, but... exactly. This is like like, you know, in full disclosure, you know, I, I told Scott before, I mean I've been telling him for a while, you know, like uh I've I've I have kind of a weird relationship with this movie. Um I've I've seen it. I mean, it's not one of my favorite movies, okay? It's not like something that, that I would, would put as like one of the greatest pieces of 80s cinema or whatever. But for whatever reason, I rewatched this movie so many times mm-hmm. um, because there's just something about it that just grabbed me. Like th- this whole thing about like the different actors playing the killer is something I did notice. But the one thing I didn't notice until it was pointed out on the commentary track for the Celluloid Closet documentary and it's actually in their movie because they show a clip from cruising. They show Arnaldo Santana being murdered uh-huh. as one of their clips of like, here's, here's how they're portraying homosexuality. It's bad. Um, is there is uh, hidden hardcore anal sex footage in cruising. Every time okay. the killer brings his knife down, just, just a split second foot, uh, like almost like, like one a, frame. Exactly. One frame, almost like a gif of like, you see a penis going inside of a, of a, of an anus. Wow. Um, and William Friedkin deliberately put it in there to like drive home the idea of like, okay. Cause he always is like stabbing people. So it's yeah. like penetrative, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, look, I don't know what to make of that. I, I don't know if like, if, if that, I mean, would you consider that a homophobic move uh, for them to put that in there? I mean, is it mm, off the top of my head? No, I, I wouldn't think so. so no. Um, but I could no. see how a gay person would feel that way. Maybe you know would be like, why, why, why are you doing that? You know, like, why are you equating this act of uh, sex with with this act of violence? I I don't know. Well, sex and violence go very good together in movies. So. I know. I, it's it's part of I don't know. yeah. It's it's why I, I mean it's it's one of the things we're going for. I I suppose is to see these things, and you know the the other thing too is like. I think that we have to talk about one piece of bullshit in okay. this movie. Let's that, do it. That it, it, it just <laughs> has to be talked about. Is uh, like you mentioned earlier when the when Al Pacino and his flailing butt cheeks on the bed there <laughs> when he's tied up. Yeah. And the detectives who who know he's the undercover cop, they, they bring him and Skip the suspect in the interrogation to scene? the interrogation. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't bring this up. <laughs> Why did 
the big black guy come in wearing a jockstrap and a cowboy hat and smack them around. Exactly. I oh my god. I even I got a bullet point here. Okay. With a sub bullet point. Okay. This is the only <laughs> thing with a sub bullet point. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he comes in and he slaps them. Yeah. They start saying, oh, pull your balls out. We're going to see oh. if they float. And if they can't, you're the killer. Exactly. Like, take your pants off. We're getting a semen sample. Right, like, right. What kind of interrogation is this? You're going to make this guy jack off for you? Yeah, like, I don't know what this is trying to say about anything. I know. And and honestly, if, if I mean, I'm not going to say that, like, I can't ever see cops doing that. Because, of course, the cops can sweat you down, whatever they want to do, especially back in the 70s. But, I mean, if they were just going to make him do the floating ball test or jerk off or whatever, I could kind of buy that. But, like, what is this guy doing here? Who is this guy? Exactly. Literally, it's this huge, like, yes. six foot six yes. muscle uh-huh. black dude. He looks like Jim a, Brown. In a jockstrap. Right. Yeah. Just a, a jockstrap yeah. and a cowboy hat and nothing it's else. Ahmed Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's going to Pearl River plunge these dudes. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> he slaps them both. Yep. Minutes apart. <laughs> right. He leaves the room and comes back to exactly. slap the other guy. I know. And Pacino leaves, and he's out there reading a newspaper. Yes. He's like, he says, you hit me really good there. And he throws a newspaper out the window or something he like that. He grabs his hat know. and chucks no, it out the window. Is he wearing a cowboy hat? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> it's, it's the what damnedest thing. What is this scene? And and I, I, I remember that that was, the one, that was one of the things in the movie that I couldn't get my head around. And no one can, apparently. Because Nathan Rabin from the AV Club, all he wrote about it was... What kind of motherfuckery is this? Because <laughs> you know? it's inexplicable. Yeah, it makes no sense. No. It's out of nowhere. Exactly. That's real bullshit. But you know. That is simple. Yeah. Um, but other than that, the only thing, other thing I wanted to uh, to touch on was the, the score and soundtrack of this movie. Okay. The, the actual background score is kind of this uh, th- this weird, um, like, it's kind of like a violin suite whenever he's, whenever Steve is with Karen Allen. There's this kind of like, uh, like, like almost like a, uh, a a quartet of violins just playing very, very, very softly and I, sweetly. I can say, I don't, I haven't really noticed. Okay. I don't know. I, I knew, I got the theme, mm. like the musical theme. Okay, yes. Throughout yes. the film. Right, yeah. Uh, but I only really noticed when he's in like the clubs and stuff. Or well, that and, kind of stuff. and that's the weird, um, like kind of comparison of the two is, yeah. is that there's this kind of lilty, lilting sweet music whenever he's with uh, his his girlfriend, but whenever he's in the club, it's time for loud guitars and uh, the Germs from L.A. Uh, they, they they did most of the songs on the soundtrack. It's ah. it's like really aggressive, you know, punk rock stuff. Uh-huh. It's really good, and I like it a lot. But it, it's it's I guess it's telling in a way. It's it's another it's another thing that that, that like gay critics pointed to as you know they, they're they're saying that like when you're with a lady, everything's great, you ah. know. Uh, but when you're with men. You know, not only is it, uh, you know, are, are you going to be like, there's going to be pulsating rock that's just going to be, you know, like clubbing you over the head, <laughs> but you're going to, you, you could get stomped at any minute and, uh, and, and you're going to get fisted and, you know, there's going to be men, uh, like just oiled up and, and all about you. Um, and you know, I, look, whatever, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's cruising everybody. That's cruising. All right, Dave, <laughs> would you recommend this film? You bet your ass I would. Yeah, th- this this movie must be you seen. You bet your oily ass. You bet your oily ass. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, uh, and honestly, watch it, enjoy it, and think about it, and try to figure out what 
why it is that Al Pacino won't talk about this movie. Yeah. I really want to know because everybody else will talk about it. It's a good movie. Hell, I'll say it's a great movie because I've, I've just seen it over and over again. I must right. think it's a great movie or else I wouldn't have revisited it so many times. Yeah, and I, I would recommend this too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but I would say it's a really good movie. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. This is not an entry-level movie. No. You need to be a movie buff to really like this movie. You have to be a seasoned You're pro. You're not going to sit here with your mom and watch it on a Sunday <laughs> no, afternoon. No, But this film is very good, and I I want to watch it again mm-hmm. to see if I can catch some of this stuff that Dave's been talking about. Right. Excellent. I guess that about wraps things up. <laughs> if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our show in iTunes. Rate it. Review it. All that jazz. <laughs> if you don't use iTunes, we are also on Stitcher Radio. Tune in radio and all our episodes are hosted at SoundCloud, so you can find it there. Or go to dudesonmovies.com, you'll find everything you need right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just just search Dudes on Movies. It's a real easy uh, term to you know get to. We're there. And, not dudes uh, on tape. Not dudes on tape. Dudes on film. You know, uh, dudes on eight. You know, eight millimeter. Whatever. Yeah. That's for cruising. Uh, so. <laughs> And we also have a, an email address that's dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Um, you know, hit us up there and tell us after you've seen Cruising what you thought of it. And um, and we're going to keep talking about this movie for the next two years probably. So, you know, we want to know oh, your yeah. thoughts. Yeah, you know? we need to know what everyone thinks about this film. Yes. Okay, so stay tuned next week to hear us discuss 2006's Grandma's Boy. <sighs> Quite a turn from Cruising. <laughs> Happy Madison production. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. And behalf on Dave and myself, we are your dudes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 